Today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about why we're a class and why the class does what the class does. One of the things we do is we collect money at different times for different reasons. I want you to know the philosophy behind it, other than being a cheerful giver. We're not just going to stop and collect money every time we turn around. We only do it four times a year. We limit it to four times a year that we do an official ask uh, in a normal course of class. Four times a year. So uh, the fir- this time, the first year, first time this year, we collected for an advanced trip to Sri Lanka, which is unusual. Normally, we don't have advanced trips. This was a little bit different. Uh, the second quarter, we collected for the big mission trip to Sri Lanka. So missions is one of the big things that we do collections for. The third thing, which we're on now, is our um, back-to-school collection for supplies. And then the last one, there's one more we do, uh, and they're different each year. So it's not like this, we do this every year, we do that every year. But I just want you to know we only do four. And again, if you can give, that's fine. If the Lord's blessed you in a way that you can, uh, or maybe God's dealing with you and sacrificially you you need to give because that's what God has for you. But if not, God has something else for you. Uh, we're not check and roll on who's giving and who's not giving. Uh, we're thankful. So that is the scoop on giving in the biblical literacy class. That having been said, I'd like to invite our first guest to come up, Pastor Cesar Torres, as he's coming up. This is our deaf pastor at Champion Forest Baptist Church. Welcome. Do you need a microphone? Oh, no, because you're deaf, right? Yeah, I understand. Pastor Cesar is our deaf pastor at Champion Forest. And today, Mark said we're going to do a little bit of a missions day. So I wanted to share some different perspectives of Champion Forest Baptist Church and particularly our class. Uh, Pastor Cesar not only is the deaf pastor of our deaf church, which means we're not just a hearing church that happens to interpret for the deaf. We actually have a deaf pastor who is aware of the culture and aware of things that they go through, better able to relate. And so it's a great praise the Lord. Also, he has an additional job because most pastors have more than one job. Uh, he helps with Bible translation in ASL in other countries because ASL is not a universal language, but I don't want to take too much from Pastor Cesar. He's going to share with us a little bit about what he does here and there. Be sure and keep that handheld on, please. Hello? Okay. (laughs) All right. My life as a deaf missionary for more than 30 years. Maybe you're looking at 30 years. Oh, he's too young <laughs> for that. <laughs> I don't show my age. So. But I started at age 17. And when I was 15, I accepted Christ. And then I started preaching at 17. And then I've continued till now. So God is good. I want to introduce you to my family. I have a wife and children. And it should be on the screen. Oh, there they are. (laughs) Okay, it's a blessing. My wife and I have two sweet children, my two daughters. My wife is also deaf, like me, and she loves Jesus. And my daughters, they're very obedient to the Lord, and they want to serve him and They serve him here in this church. 
I love my family. They're a blessing to me, my family. I can't hear it. You have to you have to clap like this. <laughs> so I can see. Okay. Next slide. Now, I am the pastor here for the deaf. We call our church Deaf Champ. And the sign is Champ. We're champs for Jesus. Jesus is champ. Champ. That's the sign. So, Deaf Champ. So, when we first opened, God has just blessed in this whole Cyprus, all these areas right here, there's over 1,000 deaf that live in our area and we need, that need to be reached. And we want to see his kingdom grow and grow. And God brought me here for his glory, to, for his work. And I just praise God that I'm able to be the pastor here. Accept it and pray. And Jesus just allowed it to happen here. And thank you for your prayers also that, that our success in growing. That we've baptized in some of the services. On Wednesday nights, we have Bible study. And we have good discussions with the deaf. We have a life group on Sunday mornings. The deaf life group is at 9.30 to 10.30. But the deaf were like, no, we want to come at 9. So we now we come at 9 because they're just so eager to learn the word. So now it's from 9 to 10.30. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And same for Wednesday nights. We had to make it longer. So it's 5.30 to 7. So they're so eager. Why They can't hear. Like they can't hear anything on the radio or any words people are saying. And so the mini deaf, they read the word and it, they understand the signs better. And so it, sometimes it's really hard, but we have we meet together so we can have those discussions and learn more. And they just want to come more and more. They're so eager to learn. And so that's about our deaf champ church. Okay, also, last this year, um, we, the, we had our first deaf champ mission trip. And so we got to go to Costa Rica. We flew to Costa Rica, and we had three that were able to go. And we did some deaf camps there. And there's a deaf church there where I used to pastor. And we did some deaf camps there. And they were very successful. And the deaf that went just really experienced God in Costa Rica and saw the need. And then we flew back here. And they just felt so eager and excited to serve here even more. In America, they saw there what they experienced just made them even more eager here. And one of the, the guy you see in this picture, Pablo, he's actually started preaching now. So I've worked with him and trained him, and now he's preached for me uh, back in June. And the deaf just really enjoy it because the signs are clear and they can understand God's word. So he uh, actually wants to plant a church. And Houston is so large. There's so many deaf people that it's important to do 
mission trips also and serve the Lord in different places. Next year, we have another mission trip to Costa Rica because we're going to follow up with the people that we did the camp with. Amen? Next slide. I know I've talked too much. Sorry. (laughs) I'll try to make it short. Okay, so. All right, so I work with the Deaf Bible Society. And because I looked around, and the, but the deaf are really struggling, you know, with language. They can't necessarily read English or Spanish or, you know, maybe even if they can read it. So you give them a Bible or something. Like if somebody gave you a German Bible, you couldn't read it, could you? You would struggle with that, trying to read a German Bible. So they struggle with English because it's their second or third language. And so the deaf, English is our second language, not our first language. ASL is our first language. So praise the Lord that years ago, someone established a translation from, uh, from the Bible to ASL. And it will be finished. They're, they finished with the New Testament, but now they're still working on the Old Testament. In 2020, the goal is to finish the entire Bible in ASL, in our language. So the Deaf Bible Society is an organization, a nonprofit, 501c3 organization in Dallas. And it's established full-time to help with the translation and how to distribute that Bible to the deaf in every country, in every language. So it's very exciting, and I've traveled to over 50 countries, and I've learned 17 different sign languages, and God's given me this gift of all these different languages, and the Bible translation, we want to touch the world. So the Deaf Bible Society, we have a translation group, and then a scripture expansion group, Engagement group, and that's spiritual engagement for the world, and that's the job that was given to me. Then there's another for support of all three of these for the deaf and hearing together. So it's a three-tiered organization. This group... You see the person with the beard in the engagement group. And then the one that's smiling is from Africa. These are people from all over the world. The other two men are focused on the east and the west. And then American engagement. And mine is the world from India The person from India could not come. So I flew to India and was there for two weeks. And I'll show you a picture of that group, of that engagement group. We're focused on India to training and teaching all around India, across the whole country, in Sri Lanka, So we went all under 
the guy that I worked with in India is now responsible for a lot of the Bible translation that happens in India. And so he's now working under me and we are uh, partnering together for the Bible tra- Bible translation for the deaf in India. So you see these different pictures of the families. They're, they're so excited because they're receiving the word in their own Indian sign language. And they're able to sign these verses and understand the word of God for the first time and receive Christ and be able to grow. And so their, uh, their religion is primarily Hindu. Um, and so they're able to receive the Bible and understand what Christianity is, who Jesus is. Um, for the first time and understand what the Old Testament is all about, things like that. So that's our goal for India. And so that's what I've been doing with scriptural engagement in India. So praise God for that. Hang on one second. So we do scriptural engagement in Africa as well. And India and Africa have different sign languages. You know, India has its own um, different regions, sort of like America. We have our own states. But Africa is has its own countries. And so I've worked in Kenya. And the guy in this picture you see, his name is Simon. And he's become uh, actually responsible for Bible translation in all of Africa. And so I've been working with him. And uh, he is currently working on um, creating a Bible translation for the deaf um, or individualized translations for the deaf in their their different African sign languages in Kenya, Ethiopia, all around Africa. And so we are currently working on South African sign language. But uh, for the next few months um, in September, I'm going to be actually going to Africa and following up with them and uh, working with the deaf in South Africa and working with the Bible translation there. So pray for the word to be uh, expanded in Africa. So thank you very much. I, I guess we're out of time. I, I noticed that your voice changed from, from, from a lady to a man. Your, your voice changed? Is that the magic of our interpreters? Thank you to Peggy House for interpreting. And then I forgot your name. Han. What is it? Han. Han. Yes. Han. So thank you for that. Uh, Cesar has to go preach now to his church. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. I have to preach. Thank you so much for having me. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Cesar is a great friend and glad to have him and his ministry here at Champion Forest. And so just from a different perspective, opportunity to kind of see what we do and who we are. We will, this is our opportunity to commission our group. When you go on a short-term mission trip, you do not have that long period of time. Probably our biggest asset is to go and encourage those who are first traveling over to talk and visit with people. Number two, those nationals who have come to the point where they're ready to talk to other people and give them a shot of B12 in the arm to encourage them to continue doing what we could never do in just one week or 10 days is about how long that we'll be there. Yes, uh, as I get ready to commission with you, our mission team going to Sri Lanka, I would ask those people to please come forward and stand down here uh, so you see them face to face. 
I would also like uh, any of our members of our mission committee who are not on vacation that are here this morning uh, to please come forward as well. And, you know, it's amazing when you listen to what we've just heard, how missions is missions everywhere. And to hear what we've heard this morning just keeps reminding me over and over and over again how important our role is in making sure we're doing what we should as a class. I can't thank you enough for supporting them uh, with the finances. Again, this class comes through amazingly. They're all going because of you. And I say that they represent you, meaning us, okay, in everything they do. And I'm going to let them uh, just tell you who they are, uh, just by name. And as each one of them gives you their name, what I would like for you to do is if you will commit to remembering that single person from now until the time they come back every day in your prayers, I would like you to just raise your hand. And I mean that honestly, okay? So I'm going to start over here, and I'm just going to let them tell you who they are, and I want to see your hands. I want the class to really, really get behind what we know God's about to do through us being represented by this group. By the way, Rebecca is part of our mission team. I think she's the only one here that's not going. Yes, the rest are on vacation. But anyway... The support that we have from as a class is just outstanding, and I can't wait to hear what the Lord's going to do when they come back through what their ventures are going to be as well as their blessings. Hello, my name's Anne Marie Hauser, so I'll be going on the trip. Let me see your hands if you're going to pray for Anne Marie every single day. And by the way, you can pray for more than one. I'm Kathleen Hauser. hands up. Great. Hi, Tammy Duffy. We're getting better. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Holmes. Amen. Hi, I'm Hector Camarillo. And Fernando Camarillo. I'm Fernando Camarillo. Wait, wait, wait. Let's not forget Fernando. I'm Fernando Camarillo. Give it again. I am Fernando Camarillo. I'm Fernando Camarillo. And I'm Adrian Camarillo. So as you can see, we have some daughter and mom and dad and sons. And as with our work... As you know, we have one more that's going to be going, and I don't think I have to introduce him, but I'll let him do it anyway. Well, hey, I'm Brent. <laughs> now, folks, I really, really believe that what we do, okay, in this prayer session each day for these people is going to make a difference of how the Lord honors what they're doing there with the orphanage, with the churches, with training the new people in the churches, with building certain things that they need from a construction perspective. And when you looked at what we saw earlier this morning, it's amazing how this country is so blessed. We just take it for granted when we're hearing about people that have never even heard about the Christmas story and think maybe it's something to do with America. So let's just hope God just opens the doors of his blessing and does the things he needs to do through this group. And if you'll join me, 
I would pray that some of you would come up around this group as we commission them for this trip. Come forward. And while you're coming, uh, I I just want to thank uh, our Chinese mission trip for seeing that stadium in that first picture. I know they must have American football over there as well. So that's a good thing. This is this is what we want. Folks, let's stand together. And as I pray aloud, you pray silently that the Lord's blessing is upon this venture. Father, we thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for how wonderful and great you are to us as individuals, to this country, and so many things that we take for granted. I pray now a special blessing from you on each and every single one of these people that are going to represent this class, but most of all, to represent you. I ask, Lord, that you'll just give them a heart of service, give them a mind of discernment, and an overall blessing of willing to work to do the things you want done as they represent you. As we've been reminded so many times, it's just our demeanor, a smile that's on our face every day that represents you in our lives makes such a difference to those who don't know you. So I ask that your blessing will be upon this group. Take them to their venture safely and bring them home, blessed as well as being a blessing for you. In Christ's name, amen. While you're standing, why don't you go ahead and welcome our guests and say hello to each other uh, while the rest of the group is finding their way back. Thank you for being your usual great hosts. You can go ahead and have a seat. This group's having a seat. And we're going to close out today uh, just by talking a little bit about why our class functions as we do. And uh, for this team that was up here, I hope you noticed our diversity. We want to be reflective of Champion Forest, of our class. Uh, you also saw families, which is representative of our class. We, uh, I'm, I'm interested in doing a family camp one summer where we bring our whole family and go off for a week. We'll fly Mark Lanier in, see if we can get him to come in and speak to our family camp and do some things. But we're very pro-family. And uh, again, even if your children don't necessarily come to the class, that we want to do things that are pro-family. We do things that are pro-men, pro-women because we want to meet people where you are, equip them, and move them on. So, And the other thing is that we try to pick people to go on these trips, our class trips, that would not necessarily be able to go on just a normal trip because we're in a very unique position in this class where you're able to help them. We're going on a Champion Forest mission trip. It's a church mission trip, which anyone is able to go on these mission trips. And the mission trips that we do in the future are champion forest mission trips that uh, if, if you don't come on a biblical literacy mission trip, there are still other trips in the queue that you can be a part of and go on as well. Uh, so that's just a little bit of a history of where we are in regard to our class and mission.
Now, on my PowerPoint as we close out here today, we're just going to talk a little bit about biblical literacy, life, the life group of Champion Force. Some may say, well, really, we're not a life group. We're more of a class, aren't we? You know, kind of a seminary level class. Well, you have to say absolutely so, but we do not want to function as a seminary class. I've been to seminary. It's just a class. You go in, you get the info. If you're not... Um, if you're taking the class, then you take the tests, and then you get a grade, and then you are able to move on with your degree or not. Uh, been there, done that. It's good, and that's options for people. But what we're trying to do is more than just a seminary class, although some people have said, let's just be a class. Let's just be a seminary class, and we won't worry about all this. Why do you have to give announcements for 10 minutes every class period? Why do you have to do that? We don't have time for that. We just want Mark to teach. Well, Mark is the one that leads the class, and he wants it to be a part of a church. He wants it to be a church, which is the next thing people sometimes ask. Well, isn't the biblical literacy class just a church on your own? If you, the answer is yes, in a sense, and a very big church at that. The average Southern Baptist church, I think, is around 79 to 100 people. Average, that's the majority. We are a very large church if you look at us that way. And in some respects, we are just under the auspices of Champion Forest Baptist Church. And uh, those are good reasons. Now here, I wanted you to see this little uh, flower. Oh, you're not seeing it, are you? Um, Here we go. Hang on. This might help. Better. Okay, so this little flower here, I took this picture on the Champion Forest Drive going over Cypress Creek. Y'all know where I am? Champion Forest. It's heading towards Cypress Wood. Um, That little that little bitty teeny tiny sunflower was growing up there. Here's a couple more pictures from different perspectives. Now, what if that flower was representative of you as a Christian going along life? And that's just happened to be where you were planted. Would you rather be planted there or would you rather live here? Well, it should be pretty simple. I would rather be amongst the protection and the camaraderie of my fellow sunflowers than to be all alone on a little bridge with cars zooming by. And it's uh, just not a very pretty situation. Uh, Ephesians 4 speaks to why we act as a class and why we would rather be a part of this sunflower garden as opposed to just an individual or a single sunflower. Uh, So we're just going to run through this real quick in the few minutes that we have left uh, as to why we function as a class, as, as a church, not just a seminary class. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, I, Paul, therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So indeed, as a Christian, you are a part of a calling. It's not a personal thing where you get what you need or want. It is a calling that we're urged to. So the sense is we cannot be made to do the right thing as a Christian. Everybody has their choice or their agency to make the choice to do as much or a little as as you really want. Paul says here, I urge you, because he knows he can't make the the church in Ephesus or the church at Champion Forest or the class in the biblical literacy, but he urged you to walk worthy of the manner of the calling that you have been called. And he says to do that, he kind of explains it a little bit, to walk in the manner of the, walk worthy of the manner of your calling. He says to do it with humility, gentleness, and patience. These are important words. That's why I circled them. Bearing with one another 
eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. All of these adjectives here, to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient, to bear one another's burdens, to live in unity, to live in peace, these are not adjectives of an individual. As an individual, I don't have to be gentle. I can, I, I'm going to be to myself as good or a little bad as I want, and I'm not going to care because I know where it's coming from. Uh, I don't have to be in unity with myself. It's just me. Whatever I do, I'm going to agree with, and I'm going to do. It's just me. These are all adjectives in regard to a group of people. So it's very obvious that Paul is talking about when you're walking worthy in the worthy manner of your calling, you have to do it with humility and patience because you're in a group. You have to bear one another's burdens because it's more than just you. And you need to live in unity and be peaceful with one another. It's almost an exercise in heavenly agency. So we move on to Ephesians 4 uh, verse 7. It says, but grace was given to each one of us. So each individual, you're still an individual even though you're a part of the group. And to each individual, grace was given uh, to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, that together is the Greek word charismata, Greek for grace, gift. You know what a charismata is? Have you heard the word charismatic? That's where we get our word charismatic. So you guys are just a bunch of charismatics, Oh, wait, that's the wrong context. It literally means a grace gift. It's a gift given by God's grace to each individual. Some of you may have more than one gift. We refer to them as spiritual gifts. But the reason that God gave the grace gift to each individual is because you need it when you're in a corporate group, when you're in a public a mass of people, you need to have a little bit of grace, and God has gifted us with that, not so that you can live your Christianity out as individuals and just pop into an online lesson every once in a while to get a little goody, a little gold nugget for yourself, and then move on to the next thing, but because you're supposed to be in a group. So he goes on in verse 11, he says, and he Jesus, God, gave the apostles, these are gifts, gave prophets, gave evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And he did this in verse 12 for a particular reason. It is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And he does that for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ is the church. The church is the body of Christ. That could be interchangeably. The body And the illustration is that each of us have a body. We completely understand bodies. We know that bodies are made of individual parts that when working together, you have a good day. When part of your body, maybe your brain's not telling your hand what to do, or maybe your mouth not, not to do, then you aren't really having a good day because you're not able to do what your brain is trying to accomplish. And in Christ's illustration, he says that Jesus Christ is the brain, the head of the body. So it's very obvious we are supposed to function within a body, even though it's a lot harder than living out our Christianity as an individual. So he gives the gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Work is an important point. You have to understand that work means what? Not vacation. 
The Christian life is not a vacation. God saves me so that I can live this flowery life in a field of sunflowers. Sometimes he plants me in the Champion Forest Bridge over Cypress Creek with cars running by, but I'm still supposed to bloom where I'm planted. Understand my illustration as we go here? Wherever you are, you need to bloom where you're planted, but you cannot live your life there. You need to go to church with the other sunflowers because it's there where you're built up and you're grown up and uh, given the gifts, things that you need in order to function. So that's what we do within the church. And we're, we're a, those gifts are given to equip the saints for work. Verse 13, until when we all attain perfection. That's what it's saying. To the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so if you've not yet reached that, we expect you to keep using your gifts to keep working together in unity in order to accomplish what God's asked you to do. Mark Lanier, for example, he is teaching you the knowledge of the Son of God. That's part of the equipping that we do here at Champion Force. The pastors uh, and um, the pastors, the teachers... And then it also goes to you guys. You guys also are the teachers. So if you just come in as like, I'm just a pupil, I'm just coming to get what I need and and then move on with my life, then you have missed being a part of the church. Well, I don't like being a part of the church because I don't really like people. Well, guess what? People probably don't like you very much either. But that is no excuse not to function. And the reason that you have to work at it is because we, we don't get along with people well sometimes unless they're like-minded and they're like us. But how much more as brothers and sisters in Christ should we strive to work to be helpful to one another? He says that we will do that so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine by the human cunning, by craftiness or deceitful scheming. In other words, we're taught all these things and we're matured so that we're not tricked and we're not doing the wrong thing. We do not take our own agenda and move on to what we want to do. So Ephesians 4 finishes by, he says, but instead of being tricked, that's what he's saying here, you're equipped to work with gifts to do what you're supposed to do within a corporate group with unity and peace bearing one another's burdens, that you do this so that, one, you are not tricked to do the wrong thing, but instead, verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we're supposed to speak, which is an action, it's part of our work, we're supposed to be going, leaving here, and going out to speak the truth in love, Speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into who is the head, which is Christ, from whom the whole body joins together, held together by every joint in which it is equipped. Now, see, that's the joints are talking about those gifts. Those gifts that we have are like the joints that hold the different body parts together. So you as individuals are the different body parts. The joints are the gifts that you're exhibiting, expressing, doing, bearing, helping, one another, and that makes the body work together. You guys, if you just come in here and learn, and you're only here when Mark's here, and that's the only thing that interests you, then you're just a piece that needs to be amputated, because you're not functioning like God wants the church to function. So that's why we just wanted to make a few comments today, is why do we function as a church when we could be so different uh, than the way that we do? This is why we're trying to follow the Bible. He says, um, that every joint uh, holds together the parts it, because it is equipped when each part is working 
properly, it makes the body grow so that, this is discipleship, so that it builds itself up in love. When the body is doing what it's supposed to and I get down off my high horse and I function within the body and I find my place and I do what I'm supposed to do according to the gifts and the will of God in my life to you, Then the body builds itself up and we get better and better and we get bigger and bigger and we have more resources so that we can give more and do more in order to glorify God in heaven, not ourselves or the things that we can do as individuals. So the summary, very obviously, is that God gave the gifts to equip the saints. Saints are Christians, just by the way. And they do that for the work of ministry until... Faith and knowledge is accomplished so that we can be not be distracted, but instead we speak truth lovingly to mature other people. The body is held together by the gifts in action, in action, so that the church will grow and multiply. That's what we're about here at Champion Forest Baptist Church. So instead of being this group here, uh, Instead of being the individual and try to live your life that way, we come together as a group and we encourage one another and we relax and then we're able to go back out to the world and do the things that God's called us to do. And so I want to hit this last slide. As we drive out, we see this and it's a good reminder of what you're supposed to be doing. When you leave here, the mission field is just a natural continuation of what we do here. And like Pastor David said, our true worship is seen outside of this building because we can fake it real well in here. So for you who uh, come on the days that Mark's not here, I'm talking to the choir. Thank you for being here. I do give grace and allowance because I know a lot of people are on vacation, and that's fine too. It's okay. But when you come together, I hope that you're meeting one another, knowing each other. I hope you're being a part of fellowship groups and a part of opportunities to spread God's word outside of where we are here. We talked about these couple of mission trips that are short-term, long-term, deaf ministry to go out and to do things. But that is just to model how to live everyday life. It's not hope you can go on a mission trip so you can serve God. I hope that mission gives you the opportunity to learn and to grow so that when you're on your own, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you can do the same. Our Heavenly Father, as we seek you to know your will and to desire the things that you have, Oh, thank you so much for Mark Lanier, who was able to teach us more about you, to give us that insight, uh, that little urge that some of us, frankly, very well may need in order to be more excited about speaking the truth in love outside of this place. Our desire is, as we go today, is that you would help us to do that this week, and that when we have a problem, or we fall on hard times, or we're not able to speak that truth in love, but we're doing it in a grunge way, that we have one another to call upon to help to change our perspective, to remember what was shared today and the opportunity that you've given us and that we do not become tricked or fooled, but instead to press forward. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.